welcome back to another episode of the Mimosas with Moms podcast. I'm your host, Abby Williams. I hope everybody had a fabulous Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. I hope everybody is surviving the holiday break with their kids at home and everybody is being appreciative of their new toys and they're playing blissfully and not making you want to light yourself on fire. It's a little bit hairy over here right now. I am six weeks away from the arrival of baby number four, and I just want to start out by saying I am so sorry that all the blissful and beautiful things of pregnancy are shining through on this podcast right now. Um, I am like so breathy and (laughs) just like gasping for air all the time. My husband drives them crazy. Um... He's like, you're just heavy breathing all the time right now. So I'm sorry that that's what's happening on this podcast as well. Um, I've tried re-recording and it just is what it is right now. So we're just going to power on through. But this week I am welcoming Dr. Jennifer Schell, who is an OBGYN, and she is here to talk to us about um, her experience in birthing her children and the lack of the postpartum care that she felt like she received, and that is kind of the mainstream right now. So she is currently changing the way that she delivers postpartum care to her patients, and it's a more individualized and accessible approach. It's from the comfort of their own homes, and I am so excited to share what she's been up to. So welcome, Dr. Shaw. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, so Dr. Shell, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. I am an OBGYN. I was in what I call mainstream practice for almost 10 years, delivering yeah. babies, doing annual exams, all that stuff. Yeah. And I had two kids and I realized that the care I received postpartum and my doctor was excellent was yeah. the same care I was providing, which was slim to none. The postpartum visits, if you've ever had one, they're kind of a joke. Yes. So yeah. I got no, inspired. No, I totally agree. I quit. <laughs> I know, because I'm like, I'm, I'm pregnant right now with baby number four. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. It's crazy over here. It's crazy over here. Thank you. <laughs> and no, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, we wait six weeks to see mom our mother's mm-hmm. back and yeah it's like how and now they, they're changing it the american college of obstetrics and gynecology yeah. is recommending three weeks um yeah. it's gonna take a while for that to actually implement everywhere and some offices just do a phone call which i don't think is enough yeah um and it's just it's gonna take a while for this culture to change because even if we try as obstetricians and again, I would never speak ill of an OBGYN because I right. am one. Right. <laughs> um, even I know. I love five, my doctors. Yeah, right. I, yeah. yeah, I do mine. So it's nothing personal or anything. It's just right. you have to realize that 15 minutes is not enough. 15 minutes may be enough to get the mother to open up and realize there's an issue. So right. there's no, totally it's, a, it's a cost thing too. Um, there's no, it's sad to say, but there's no financial incentive from from the government or from anyone to have doctors see patients more postpartum. That's all included in whatever the office gets paid for the delivery. 
I don't know. If and isn't it kind of crazy that it's like, insane. you know, babies are born mm-hmm. and they're, you know, we go to our one week checkup with them. If you, had a, to, like, think back. If you had a C-section, if not, it's six weeks or three weeks. No, I'm talking about for the baby. Oh, for the baby. Yeah. yeah for the oh, baby. Yeah. Two days later. Pedi- yes. Yeah, you uh-huh. go to the pediatrician, you yes. know, like every yes. week and then it's every month. And, yes. you know, that first year, how many doctor's appointments are you going to for the baby? That's exactly why I yeah. go to pediatricians <laughs> to promote my services. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I tell why are we not doing that for the mom? Yeah. Because, that, you know, yeah. equally a mom was born that same day. Oh, I love you know? how you said that. That is yeah. so true. It is beautiful. And, and it's like, you know, you're on this roller coaster, you're per, maybe you're breastfeeding, you know, your your body is physically going through all these like hormonal changes mm-hmm. and you're tired, you're sleep deprived. Which <laughs> so makes everything if, <laughs> Yeah. So even if you like, you know, kind of don't even think about like the postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety that can happen. You yes. still have 100%. I, other stuff going on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's, I, I feel that postpartum depression term yeah. is like an umbrella term. There's yeah, I think so much under it. There are yeah. people who suffer from depression, who stop their medication to get pregnant or while they were pregnant. And then they just have a relapse of their depression, not necessarily postpartum depression, it just happens to be postpartum because they're not on their medication. Then there's other people who never diagnosed themselves, but they had it before. They didn't know they had it. And then it comes out worse after, or people who are just legitimately exhausted and have some anxiety that gets exacerbated by the lack of sleep or depression and loneliness. I don't know if you experienced it, but when I had my child is when I felt the most lonely, you're alienated. It was during flu season. So I didn't want, I'm a germaphobe by nature. So I didn't want to go anywhere. That was my second child. She came in November and then Mm -hmm. it was like, I, I like my entire maternity leave. I would just like sit in the house and cry. Yes. Yeah, because I'm like, my, you know, my second one was in the summer. Anybody, yes, yeah, yeah, 100%. So, yeah, that's a lot of That's a lot That's a lot better for yes. like your mental health. You can at least like go out and take a walk. Uh huh. And a lot of a lot of what I do is also preventive. I go. Yeah. I do. I don't know if you know, but I do home visits. Yeah. Um, in the area of Miami, and then I also have packages for for like video chats yeah. and phone calls for the rest of cities. Yeah, other places, but so I do preventive because the mothers, if you don't take care of them, they they think they can do it on their own, and then they're lonely and they don't tell anyone and they just literally suck it up. Pardon my, you know, my expression. No, they no, do totally. They just suck it up, and yeah. they they hear, you know, their moms, their mother in laws, and you know, their sisters in law. Like everyone's like, oh, she's such a strong mom. She had three kids. She had four kids, and she right. never needed anyone. And the whole night nursing thing, yeah, that's another issue with the night nursing thing. The word night nurse, first of all, the majority of the night nurses that you hear about are not actually a nurse. So I believe that a real nurse should be at somebody's house on that first night you go home because you go home from, you know, a hospital with 24 hour care, Yeah, nothing at home. Yes, you may have family, but that sometimes is detrimental, not... (laughs) I mean, nothing personal against mine. I love my mom preach. and my mother-in-law. Yeah, I know. I like, preach. Yes. It is way more stress. Yes. And what I mean is more, 
when was the last time they had a newborn in their care, right? And every newborn right. is different. So they're going right. to be asking you questions like, is it normal that the baby's arm twitched? Is it normal that the baby has not pooped? Like things and now like I'm that. stressed out because I don't know. Is yes, it normal? <laughs> exactly. So then what happens? You call your pediatrician at 2 a.m. So my <laughs> services will actually help pediatricians around the country. <laughs> right. <laughs> Avoiding the 2 a.m. phone calls. That's so funny. That's so true. Yeah. I know. With my third, I finally got to the point where I would send my husband home at nighttime. Uh-huh. Like what? After I had the child, I was in the hospital, uh-huh. and instead of making him sleep on the uncomfortable like, really? couch, I would send him home because I'm like, I need you to go home and get a good night's sleep so that when I come home, I can sleep I home. have help. <laughs> I you know help. what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Like here, I have nurses, I have doctors, you know, mm-hmm. like I have a team of people here. I don't need you. That makes, wow. I need you when I get home. I can see that, I guess, with a third. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do it with my first or second, maybe with a third. Right, right. Don't tell him. I hope he's not listening. I know. I know. <laughs> and, you know and, I, and I really feel like that probably this time around too. But mm-hmm. now, you know, like logistically with so, so many other kids at home, Yes. Oh my God. You know, what am I going to do? I'm How is it having <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> well, my last two, they're 15 months apart. So yep. they are three and almost two years old. And then this one is due pretty much on my baby's like second birthday. So they'll be exactly two years apart. Wow. That's, and wow. it's going to be exhausting. So you've got two toddlers and a newborn. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. a night nurse for like. Oh, we had a twin scare week. when I found out. <laughs> I no. know we had a twin scare when I found out I was pregnant with this one, and I literally like broke down in the office, and I was like, "I'm mm. gonna have to get like a sister wife, or yeah. like yeah, hired yeah, help." Wife, <laughs> yes. Oh my. You God. know what I mean? But That's I'm serious about really the night true. nursing thing. You should get yeah. a night nurse for that first night at home. Yeah. The first two nights, and then like, like four nights later, you get right? another one. Just, right. just to reboot. That's it. Right. Just to reboot. It's not. Doesn't mean you're a princess. Doesn't mean you're you can't handle it. It's nothing like that. It's just honestly, I'm like getting like finally to the point where I think like asking for help like that. Yeah, it's the most strong thing that you can do. Yes. Oh my God. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, yes. It's real. It's like yeah. I don't care if anyone judges me for hiring someone to help me at night. They're not. They're they're ignorant. The people who judge right. are ignorant. They don't know that if you're breastfeeding, first of all, you're not going to sleep through the night. Right. And even if you're pumping, you're not going to sleep through the night because you have to pump your breasts. Right. And even if you're not, if you decide to just do formula, you will not sleep the entire night because you will be checking on your baby as well. But you will be more at ease. Some some women are lucky that they do sleep the entire night, but you know what? They have three, two other kids, even <laughs> one other kid, you yeah. know, that they need to take care of. So yeah. good for them if they actually can sleep the entire night, you know? Right. But it's rare. It's it's I would say three percent of my clients use the night nurse to sleep at night and I envy them. <laughs> so maybe I know. I know. Like we do. We need all yes. the sleep we can get. This whole like mom shaming thing. I was watching a show called I forgot the name of the show, but it's I have I even recorded the little clip. Yeah. Because it was this mom who said, Oh, I'm gonna take a guitar lesson lesson lesson. And the and the friends were like, Oh my god, good for you that you're doing something for yourself. And she <laughs> told her friend and she goes, They were mom shaming me. And 
he it was a guy, so he's like, "What do you mean they were mom shaming you? They were telling, they were encouraging you to go to your guitar lesson." She's like, "No, yeah. you had to be there. They encourage you, but with 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 a stink eye. Like this, right. you had to be right. there, and it's true. It is it's true. So crazy. We like we're like jealous of other moms who have help. We're jealous <laughs> of moms who who you and know. And I'm totally guilty of this. Ah, you know what I mean? Being I jealous. Like Oh, I think we all like, have some yes, of that. Of course, you of know, course we do. Yes, of course. Like, I have someone who's going to have more help than you yeah. or less. Yes. Right. Right. I have my next yeah. door neighbor who her parents come every single Tuesday and take oh, yeah. all three of her children oh, I'm for jealous. 24 hours. Yeah. See, I'm done with two. 24 I'm hours off. And every single Tuesday, I watch the grandparents pull in, <laughs> load up all three of these kids and take them away. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what kind of world do you live in over there that this is happening for you? Like, this is that's so amazing. unfair. We don't you even know, have family in town. <laughs> that's the other thing. Like, I will, yeah. if I have a third, I'm going to use the night nursing. Yeah. And I don't care if anyone judges me. I'm yeah. telling the world right now from Mosa with moms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Dr. Shaw, kind of tell us a little bit about, like, your birth experience that kind of led you to okay, moms are not supported in the way that they should be. Okay, I will tell you. So I was put on bed rest at 23 weeks. So basically half of my pregnancy, which was terrible. Yeah. So I do think- Was this with your first? With my first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So looking for contractions, but I never, thankfully he made it to 38 weeks, blah, blah, blah. So long story short, I think now looking back that I had peripartum depression because- I'm very social and very active and being put in bed rest for any person being put in bed rest is terrible, but for someone who's extremely active, it's probably worse. Yeah. So I think I had that. Um, I tried my best, you know, I, I would watch Ellen. (laughs) (laughs) She helped me a lot without knowing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, uh, I loved, I loved, uh, that part of my day where I could watch that show, but the rest, I was lonely, so lonely. So then I deliver via C-section, me being an OBGYN, I of course wanted a vaginal delivery because I helped people push for, you know, many, many years. And I thought I could do a better job. No, I'm kidding. But that I could be a really good pusher. So I never got to, you know, do that. My baby was breached, so I had to have a C-section. Again, it's really hard for moms to sometimes relinquish power. And if you're a type A, it's really hard. So that was also a little stressful having to have a C-section. Um, I got very nervous doing the C-section. They had to give me a little bit of anxiolytics, um, during it. And after that, I remember having a lot of anxiety with the baby. I had to put the baby in his crib early on because just having him next to me, just breathing normal, I would jump in the middle of the night. Is he okay? Like just, so I would not sleep. And I realized that was more detrimental than switching him to the crib earlier than it's recommended. Right. So... Um, I also went to uh, my doctor and I remember asking her, and again, great doctor. I asked her, I said, do you think I'm depressed? And I was like 10 days out. She's like, no, you're not depressed. You're just yeah. tired. You know, you're tired. You're such a happy person. There's no way, you know, you're just tired. And I'm like, okay, I'm just tired. And I will never forget the day of my cousin's baby shower. I walked over because they live like a few blocks away. I said I don't have family. They're not really yeah. blood related, but I call them my family. <laughs> so yeah. um, I call her my cousin. So I went to her baby shower and there were a lot of her friends, the people I didn't know and people who knew me through whatever. 
and they're like, how's your baby? And I remember literal fog. You know, they tell you you're foggy and it's like a saying. It's not a saying. There was fog. I saw fog. And I remember being like, he's fine. But I didn't feel that overwhelming joy that you're supposed to feel when you talk about your baby. Like, oh my God. You're not this gushing new mother. Right. Yes. I was never that. And, And I have guilt over that still of not yeah. feeling that joy for Nick, for Nico, who's the love of my life. He's like my boyfriend. I love him so much. <laughs> and, you know, I like, he looks at me and I melt. Yeah. So, but those first few months were hard and yeah. I'll never get that back. And I wish I would have had someone, I know it sounds like I tooting my, my own horn, but someone like me that would have been there that I could have called and she could have come to my house, changed something in my routine and gotten me out of the funk. Maybe I didn't, for sure, I didn't need medication because it went away. But that's not the best way to see. Let's see what happens. Let's see if she becomes <laughs> suicidal or not, or if it goes away. Right? I know. Hopefully I didn't become suicidal or, or didn't, I like, you know, want to hurt my baby. Like the or problem, I feel like, like, in all of this is that... If you're not on like this extreme, yes, then they think you're fine. Then you're no. just tired, you know, because no. I kind of get this too. I had like, I've kind of struggled up and down with this pregnancy with my mood mm-hmm. and going into the doctor. It's like, well, you have two toddlers. So of yep. course you're exhausted, mm-hmm. which, yeah, probably. <laughs> and watch yourself. Like, Honestly, watch you yourself. Know, very true. Stardom exists, like Perry, around right. the delivery, like before right. or after. So, right. yeah. And, and this kind of started me. like early on for me. And that's like, and so I'm a mental health clinician mm-hmm. professionally. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you know, doing like the checklist on myself. Like, okay. Which isn't, you know, that's not. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Come on. I know. I know. But <laughs> I'm going in there and I'm like, hello. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not feeling myself. I'm not feeling good. You know, I'll have these bursts of energy and I'll have really good days. And then I'll have these other days where like, I just cannot pull myself out. And, you know, so you're like, but if you're not on this extreme checking all these boxes, plan plan in advance and prevent. Yeah. You can't afford to get a night of help. One night, one makes a difference, huge difference. Just one night. Yeah. So kind of what are you doing to help moms with that preventative stuff? So I go to their house and I literally examine their routine, like their daytime routine. And you will be surprised at the things that I find. I find sometimes people that have not left their home in over three weeks, not once. I I find people with their blinds pulled down where I walk into their house and I'm depressed. (laughs) Yeah. And I tell them, I'm very honest with them. I'm like, listen. You're depressing yourself. And I make and I ask them, like, what were the things that you like to do before the baby came? For me, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I love TJ Maxx and Marshalls. Yeah. <laughs> that's my happy place. When my dog yeah. died, that's where I went at 9 p.m. I like walked around the halls of Marshalls. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what makes me happy. And those little things make a huge difference in in your mental health. I mean, you know that. Sorry, I feel like I'm right. preaching to you. No, no, but, you're not. Yeah, like those little things just make you happier. Yes, if you're already having a chemical imbalance that you need medication, I'm not the only one who needs to help you. I mean, I'll send you to a psychologist, psychiatrist that's specialized in postpartum. You can't go to any because, yes, they can help, but you need better help. You need quality help. So you have to have someone who's interested in, in that area. So, yeah, no, I totally agree. But anyway, my second one, yeah. 
my second experience with, with my daughter was way better. Um, I was put on bed rest later on on the pregnancy for the same reason, but, um, but it was less. So that was good. Um, I think just being a second time mom helped my anxieties too. Um, but as an OBGYN, it's really hard to be pregnant. There's some OBGYNs that are very good at this and they just, they just don't go there. But a lot of us do go there. We we go to the dark places. We overanalyze the symptoms or, you know, we worry if the baby moves too much. We worry if the baby doesn't move too much. I mean, we go kind of crazy, <laughs> guilty as charged. Yeah. So um, it happens, but and a lot of moms do too. And a lot of moms, the, the phone packages too are so important because there are moms during the pregnancy that for some reason don't feel comfortable asking their do- their, do- their doctors serious of questions because they think the doctor's in a hurry um, the doctor's going to judge them. Someone's going to call CPS, you know, because, you know, they're asking right. questions that they shouldn't be asking. There, there's this big stigma. And it's sad because most of us OBGYNs would not judge them. It is true that we are busy. I'm not going to lie because I worked in it. And yes, we're busy and we can't spend an hour with them. But if you're <laughs> one of those, of those patients who needs an hour, you know, who will feel better if somebody sits on your couch or you FaceTime if you're not in Miami, yeah. Then, then the service is for you. But, you know, they should always ask their doctors. I always, yeah. it, even if, if in my social media, whenever they ask questions, I try to tell them, please ask your doctor. And it's not that I don't want to answer the question. It's I want them to have a good relationship with their doctor. That's so important. Many times it's not the doctor that doesn't want to hear no, it. I tell you, right. Many times the patients don't open up. And I'm like, why not? <laughs> We're here for you. So that's part of it. But I just realized I, my postpartum care is, is slim. You know, it's pretty bad around the country, everywhere. And I just want to make it better. And I hope that yeah. other doctors follow my lead. I mean, not everyone obviously has the luxury of being able to open their own business and, and doing it like this. But maybe they can join mine in the future and just do it in their own city. So to do yeah. the home visits. But I can do well, the Well, I think stuff. it's great that, like, you yeah. have – Yeah, it's I not think medical it's great advice. that you have the virtual thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's gonna be good. So I think I mean I already feel like even for moms that are pumping, I have seventy percent of the clients I visit that need help because I also do lactation. Um, but I I don't push them into lac into breastfeeding. I I give them the option of whatever they want, and then they tell me what their plan is, and then I help them out if they want to pump a little. They I'll teach them how to do it correctly. You know, they want to wean off at a certain point for any reason, then I teach them how so they don't get mastitis and that. But just one advice is you need a hands-free, hands-free pumping bra. I've found so many moms literally holding the pump to their breast that it, that feels, that's terrible. That just gives just just a feeling of of incarceration. I did that with my first. Yeah, I did that with my first. It's terrible. Oh, I didn't. I I don't even know. I would never never, quit if I I didn't have a bra. (laughs) You need the hands And then with my second, like, thank God, a coworker like told me all the things that you need. And she's like, this is how you pump and drive work. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is saving so much time. Yeah, so... Uh, like we do, we just and we mentally you're not tied. Like you, you do not like your right. Yeah, right. But like the community, the support, you know, however you're finding it, it's just so important. So whether it's you're finding a professional, 
you're, you know, signing up for your packages online and FaceTiming a professional, yeah. well, I do or, say, you know, you're joining a mom's group, that. whatever you're doing. That's what? the thing I wanted to talk, talk to you about mom groups. Yeah. yeah. So I always tell, so I, I, I run these postpartum classes and yeah. I do like six week sessions and like I stop for a while and then I do them again and whatever, but I tell them yeah. to be careful with mom groups. You have to be so careful. Yeah. If you have a little, cause some women find moms in the park and then they become friends and they have a little like network. First of all, you should right. try to avoid groups that are only first time moms. Honestly, it sounds silly, but you should. No, I totally agree. You, you need like a mentor mom, mom in there. Yes. You need like a couple <laughs> yeah. of non first time moms that can be like, listen, yeah. The Chillax. veterans, yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, pull you out of it. <laughs> yes, it will, yeah. it, it will eventually stop. Like, they're picking I out, totally right, they're not going to die of hunger. They will eat when they're hungry. Like, someone to, to like give you a, a check. And even, and yeah. on the Facebook, and tell you, like, tell you when you're, like, you're doing a good job and like they actually mean it or know it, you know? Like, yes. I've been through this. What you're doing is normal. What you're experiencing is normal. You're doing mm -hmm. a good job, you know? Like, you yes. need those people. Yeah. Yes. So, don't, number one, don't join a group of only first time moms. And yeah. number two, please don't ask medical advice on social media, on those big like Facebook groups, because first of all, photos are not good enough to evaluate something medical, right. like a rash even, or anything like that. Second, you're going to find so a mom. Bizarre. The what? Say it again. I, I always think that that's so bizarre that like these on it's these so Facebook common. mom groups. Yeah. They all yeah. are asking about, what do you think this rash is? <laughs> yes. And then somebody are is you like, not going to oh, take the nothing, to the you know, like somebody, Yeah. And then somebody's yeah. like, oh, it's nothing. My kid had it and it went away with Aquaphor. And then somebody right. else is like, oh my God, that was a spider bite. And <laughs> you know, it happened to my neighbor and he died. Yeah. Like, it's right. like one extreme to the other. Just call your doctor. Yeah, no, you, I totally agree. You, know, you get paid to answer your questions. Yeah. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> you see me like cringing. <laughs> and, oh, and, and rule number three before we go. Yeah. About mom groups is um, if, the, if the posts in this group, if there's one post that's giving you anxiety or like it's making you feel uncomfortable, hit unfollow like don't it's not healthy like when you start obsessing over like other people's yeah. posts and like all these things and unfollow 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 same on instagram if there's accounts that are just stressing you out why are you following them like don't you only follow things yeah. that are beneficial to you that's it that's my I'm like kind of like that with advice. like the pinterest moms <laughs> you know what i mean or like the, the moms that are I don't know. I don't want to say like the perfect Real. moms, but the, no, yeah. No. I, well, yeah. I don't know. I just like, I can't like keep up with you and it stresses me out. I, I start like comparing and the comparison oh, no. game. That's, I'm like, Oh my God. Instagram, I only follow <laughs> like, accounts that. that are real. If, I, if there's an account of this beautiful mom with only beautiful yeah. photos, I unfollow. Yeah. Not real. Right. Like, doesn't right. exist because it is it's stressful yes. and you start comparing yes. and you're like oh my gosh yep. I'm not doing all these great like stem yep. activities with my how kids every day always, <laughs> yes, yes. how is she always keeping it together how is she yeah. always like posting stories about 
how beautiful her day was and how she took her kids to the park and they had a wonderful time. Sure, yes, I take my kids to the park and it's a wonderful time. But one time I took my kid to the park and she went down the slide and my friend had to catch her in the air because I was busy <laughs> with my friends putting her on the slide. Yeah. <laughs> no joke. It happened like three weeks ago. Like, I know. like you have to be real about it. I mean, and I like mean, the social media stuff, like you're only getting this yeah. very tiny glimpse. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're getting the 15 seconds that it took yep. to produce that video or that picture. Oh, and yeah. Then, like, like, the day like, might have been like photos. crashing and burning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my, we went to, a, we went to a, one of those uh, pumpkin patches. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and uh, we had to go to like three different pumpkin patches because we, <laughs> my husband Googled. Yeah. And he Googled and it was 2018, so it was the wrong day. <laughs> <laughs> We show up and yeah. there's nothing. Yeah. So then we end up at this place. The kids are cranky. My daughter threw up for some reason. She never throws up. We had to go back, change her, all this stuff. And then the photos were terrible. And then there was one photo that was nice. So on my Instagram, I actually posted the nice one. And then you scroll and you can see the disasters. And that's what I wrote. I'm right. like, listen, this is what you go through to get that one photo. Like, don't believe that beautiful right. photo that everybody posts. Like behind one good photo is a disaster and vomit behind. (laughs) And you know, like we're all guilty of that posting the one good photo. Yes, Yes, we've done it. Of course, we've done it. But I I have the whole camera roll. Oh yeah, craziness. Yep. (laughs) I constantly try not to, and I try not to use uh, filters when I do my stories. And then when I do, I use like the very obvious, like with the hearts. Right. Like going all around so people know I'm using a filter and I don't look gorgeous. You know? <laughs> I was like, I'm not beautiful like this. My you know, that's not flawless. <laughs> yes. But I'm also like, don't want you to see me how ugly I am today. You know, I'm having an ugly day. I don't want you to see me. So I'm going to use this crazy filter and tell you, I don't want you to see my, my butt yeah. face today. <laughs> yeah. We're all like that. Yes. So Dr. Yeah. Shell, where can people find you? So the best is Instagram. Yeah. Um, at Dr. Shell Cares, but just D R S C H E L L Cares. Dr. Shell Cares because she does. <laughs> and <laughs> also, I have a website, conciergeppc.com, and my phone number. I will answer the phone number myself yeah. or text. So it is 786 338 3088. Perfect. And I'll plug all those in the description of this podcast as well. And Dr. Shell, thank you so much for joining us. And it's an honor. I love yeah, your podcast. I'm so excited to connect um, all my listeners to you. What you're thank doing you so is amazing. Thank you. And you hang in there and you call me if you need anything. Seriously. I really will. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I don't care. Do it. Yeah. Please do it. I'd love to help. <laughs> Did you enjoy this episode? Please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review, and be sure to tell your friends. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mimosas with Moms, and you can email me at the number two, mimosamoms, at gmail.com.